My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the waters, and behold, the heavens were opened for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. A few years ago, this high school sophomore received horrific news that shocked him and devastated his parents. He was diagnosed with a highly aggressive, fast-growing brain cancer. Doctors rushed Bryce Newman, who was only 16 years old at the time, into emergency surgery to remove one brain tumor, only to discover three more growing at the same time. I think anytime we learn of someone who's facing an illness or a disease that can trigger any number of thoughts and feelings and emotions, but when it's something rare and shocking like this, striking a kid who we think should only have to worry about acne or passing that class or what he wants to do when he gets older, it understandably pulls on people's heartstrings even more. Other parents will will hear that story and realize that's one of their their worst nightmares that's become a reality for Bryce's parents. As young Bryson underwent further surgeries and then radiation and chemotherapy, his hopes of playing junior varsity football that year vanished. And in the grand scheme of things, that might not have seemed of great urgency to his family or his doctors, but for a 16-year-old, It was just another layer of disappointment, another thing that was seemingly taken away from him. So Bryson's football coach, wanting to encourage and include him, named him an honorary team captain. So week after week, Bryson would attend the games and would sit on the bench with his teammates. And unfortunately, a lot of his his cognitive ability was, was limited and diminished after all these surgeries, so Bryson could only communicate in one word responses. As the season wore on, the big homecoming game was approaching, which is one of the highlights for the football team's season. One of Bryson's good friends and teammates, Jake Goddard, had this idea. Jake met with the rest of his team and suggested that maybe they could all shave their heads in solidarity with Bryson. And they all agreed, and and that's what they did right before the homecoming game. In the locker room, they got the clippers out, they shaved all their heads clean, and then suited up in their full uniforms and helmets. 
They went out on the field, and there was Bryson, completely unaware of what had just happened, sitting on the bench. And they invited him to come out for the coin toss right before the game started. And after the coin toss, they all removed their helmets at the same time. As the other team captain said to him, now you wear it proud. We're all the same. To which Bryson, in his limited ability to respond, said a simple but profound Whoa. His friend Jake explained later, I thought it would be a good idea to to shave our heads because it would make Bryson feel more comfortable with himself and his lack of hair after going through chemotherapy. But I also wanted to visually show him and his parents that he's not alone in this battle because we are a community, a team. We're friends of Bryson. We will fight along his side until he's cured. It was an incredibly moving and impressive story because so often young people are criticized as being self-centered or lacking empathy. But when you consider that for these kids at that vulnerable age and time in their life as high school students, when they're feeling even more self-conscious about their looks and their appearance, which has only gotten worse in this age of social media, For them to take that that bold step and do something like shaving their heads is pretty tremendous. What they were saying, what they were doing, was more than just a gesture of solidarity. In a bold way, they were saying to their classmate, you're not alone, you're noticed, you're cared for, you matter. Everyone needs to hear that and experience that and to know that. Everyone has something that they're fighting or facing, whether it's a serious illness like Bryson has to contend with, or something else that can feel just as equally devastating, a loss, a setback, a failure. And whenever we're in the midst of whatever those dark nights might be, we feel completely alone and overwhelmed when we think no one understands or cares. And that's when someone reaching out to you when you've experienced a loss or an unexpected friend stopping by to see how you're feeling when you've been ill and laid up. Or even when someone you don't even know that well who stumbles into your life and just is completely attentive and has an answer to a problem that you've been struggling with. They can all be life-changing, experiencing in a unique and personal way the love of someone saying to you, you're not alone. You're noticed, you're cared for, you matter. It has a profound impact on us that can transcend whatever the pressing issue was that was right in front of you before. In a very real way, that's what we're celebrating today with this feast of the baptism of the Lord. Throughout the entire Christmas season, which concludes today, despite the fact that trees have been thrown out on the streets for weeks now and there's been Valentine's candy in the stores since Christmas Eve. But Christmas Eve actually, uh, Christmas season celebrates up until today with this Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And what we've been celebrating is the great mystery and treasure of our Catholic Christian faith, which is the incarnation. God desiring to become one of us and one with us. God, the creator of all that is, who created us all out of pure love and desires us to be with him out of pure love. 
But he can only, this could only happen, he knew, is if we truly choose to love him or not out of free will. And seeing throughout the history of creation the effects of those who have chosen not to love him, who've rejected God, who rejected his commands, rejected listening to his voice, and the havoc that all the sins and the effects of them had on the whole of creation, God knew that the only way that we could be reunited and reconciled with him would be for God himself to come and be one of us and one with us. And that's what we've been reflecting on throughout this Christmas season. First on Jesus' birth in poverty, meaning that he's accessible to everyone. Then focusing on Jesus' holy family, showing that even though God transcends time and space and could arrive and appear in any way possible, he chose the most common and relatable experience to all humanity, being born into a family of human beings who weren't perfect, but were holy. And then we've seen how Jesus' arrival catches the attention of those even outside his religion and his region, meaning that this arrival speaks of how Jesus truly is the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the hope for all humanity. Which brings us to today with this feast of the baptism of the Lord. How much Jesus loves us. In this gospel, the people who were going out to John the Baptist for this baptism, they knew how messed up the world was. How messed up their lives were. They were upset by the missteps and mistakes of their ancestors that had led them far from what God had commanded them to do. They were discouraged seeing what their leaders and what those in authority were doing that were leading them also in a different direction from the vision of their loving creator. They knew themselves they were not without sin, doing things that they shouldn't have or not doing things that they should. There was no shortage of things that were diminishing and limiting them from becoming the, the beloved sons and daughters of a heavenly father that had created them and intended them to be just that. And that's why they were going to John the Baptist to acknowledge all these realities and to beg for God's mercy. They're waiting in hope and fear for this Messiah to come who's going to set everything right. And more than likely, they expected some great military cha champion, someone bigger than David with that slingshot and pebble knocking down the giant Goliath who would then become king. They were way past that. They knew things were far more serious at this point in history. So for their Messiah, the promised one, to come, they were waiting for what the prophet Isaiah said in that first reading. The one who would establish justice on the earth, who would be a light to the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from confinement and from those in the dungeon, those who live in darkness. This one who was coming was a very big deal. So they were hopeful and they were fearful as they were awaiting his arrival and waiting for him to usher in this new age and this new era. So what does Jesus do? How does he begin this reign? How does he reveal to the nations how God is here? God has become man and dwells among us to save us from ourselves, save us from sin, save us from death. 
You'd imagine something really dramatic like the Transfiguration where there's amazing signs and Moses and Elijah showing up back from the dead. Incredible visuals. God the Father's voice being thunder and everyone just lying prostrate on the ground just hoping for merciful forgiveness and then obediently following Jesus just thankful for another chance. But no, that's not what happened. Jesus gets online with the sinners. He enters into waters of repentance that he doesn't need, simply to be near those of us who do. With complete humility, he continues to choose to be one of us and one with us, and to meet us in our brokenness, in our guilt, in our shame, He's right here with us in our loneliness. Like the boys shaving their heads for their classmate, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes to be like us. And this too is more than just a gesture of solidarity. In a very bold way, Jesus says, you're not alone. You're noticed, you're cared for, you matter. If we can take those words to heart, if we decide to embrace him who looks to embrace us, if we choose to follow him who came to seek and to find us, Jesus makes it possible for us to hear the Father's voice ourselves as he looks at each and every one of us and says, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased.